it is not a one-stop shop anymore in the world. So if the business needs a product for its roadmap. So we come down, CEOs, then we have the product lines and the brands. And the product lines and the brands, together with the sales, they have to agree that. And of course, the technical people are involved in that discussion. They have to give input to that discussion. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development as businesses aim for long-term success. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sofion CTO. If you're looking for additional information around new product development or corporate innovation, sign up for Sofian's newsletter where we share news and industry best practices monthly. The fastest way to do this is to go to sofian.com that's S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com and click the sign up and stay informed box. Our last two episodes featured Hoop Bruton talking about artificial intelligence, machine learning, and agile. Welcome now to part three of my four-part discussion with Hoop. Today, we dive further into the state of innovation in business. As we rejoin our discussion, we begin to focus our discussion around smart products. Got a tremendous experience in working. I know it's you mentioned Archelic. That's a uh, a great company, uh, but you've got many more, and your passion is very obvious here. So I can imagine you're 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 continuing to work on this. So what are you working on now? Yeah, no, no, no. In fact, you know, I'm working if you want to on on a, a governance system for these big companies for discrete manufacturing, a governance system. That means an organizational model and a software that supports that model for innovation management for the discrete manufacturing. Every company that, that produces, uh, that designs and produces products that are a mix of hardware and software. I see, in fact, all my customers struggle with that, with the fact how the software and the hardware elements have to be synchronized, aligned, created, sustained also from a legal perspective how how do we get all that stuff together in a in a in a streamlined way so that we can despite all the difficulties and despite all the problems that we have and discussions about how to work that we still get our products safe and green and autonomous and smart to the market because in the end if you don't bring your companies to the market people will not pay cash for it you have to close your plans so the, 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 and also the software engineers won't have work anymore. So the, 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 you have, there is a, a general interest to get products to the market in time, good products, safe products, green products, smart products. So those are the, perhaps the most important categories to, to think in. And software plays a role in all of that. Software plays a role in making sure that a machine works efficient, so green, electricity, water cleaning, all that stuff. Smart means software plays also a role to make it smart. So the, the dashboard in, in, in any system has to work smart. And, and I think that the, if, if you combine these things in the right way and you help the companies to, that they will be more successful. So what I'm working on is a management system. That means, uh, you know, Accolade, uh, we do innovation management since a long time. So, so I work on a, a new product, basically that companies, big companies can buy to coordinate their investments to, uh, for the future business. That means that you, that you combine and coordinate the business side where you have 
product lines and brands and sales, product management on the one hand. And on the other hand, engineering that has to deliver the goods. Oh, yes, you also have the branding, of course, the marketing stuff. But on the other hand, yeah, engineering. So that makes sure that what's happening on the engineering side, in the hardware side and in the software side, what's happening in the engineering side, that also is aligned, proactively organized, coordinated, so that we can fulfill our strategies. And the strategy could be, for instance, we have a sales catalog, and that sales catalog has to refresh with 20% per year, something like that. That is an innovation KPI. So we have 100 products. That means next year we need to have 20 new ones. And the year after, again, 20 new ones. Okay, we need to launch them, the 20. It's a given. It's a strategy. It's not like, oh, let's do a new product. No, no. <laughs> it's a strategy. So once you have so the product line guys and the, the, the chiefs, the CTOs, they have a target and they will be paid whether they get to that target, yes or no. The salary is one thing, but the rest is bonus. So these people have, have a, a business target and also the CEO has a business target. So they set the scene and they say, okay, we invest 2 billion, 3 billion, whatever in R&D and we invest so much in marketing and so much in, in the plans, you know, where most of the guns are. So my, my companies in general have nine, 12, sometimes 20 plans. And, and they, they need to have this, this refreshment of the catalog to guarantee that enough cash comes in. And without that cash, they cannot pay the plans. It's just a must have. So there is no free game. It's, it, it simply does not exist. This is what, what, I, what, 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 uh, what I mean, don't like about the agile theory. So, you know, as if there is a free meal, there is no free meal. It's not there. It doesn't exist. So, well, then how do you coordinate everything? And how do you make sure that you can bring all these things together proactively? The engineering side, you also have the plan side. So we have the, the engineers who create new features. You have the system engineers who, who, uh, who work on the system at the product where everything works together and is integrated. And of course, you have the assembly lines that needs to be prepared to produce that new product. So that all, all that has to be coordinated. And, and to come back, where, where is Agile in that coordination? I am personally not so interested whether the software engineers work in an Agile way or not, as long as they deliver what they have to deliver as if they are a third party. So they have to deliver in time what was agreed that they should deliver. So if, you, if they have to deliver an embedded chip, the chip should be there to be put in. So they have time constraints, they have a financial constraint, and they have a requirements constraint. And the requirement can be given in the form of portfolio epics, epics, uh, what have you. If they want to, can do that. Some of my companies have, have it all. They have software guys that work in in, 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 in agile way, and you have also software guys that don't work in an agile way. So you have again a different tool. And some hardware guys work in an agile way, and some hardware don't. So we, we have the reality is that it is a, a variation of methods, and I don't think that we as Sophion should force them in one of so direction. We have to coordinate and respect the variation that is there. We respect it. But we make sure that at a little bit of a little bit higher level, it can all work together and it is integrated in the right way. So we align them on a technical level. We align them across the company at a, at a business that we have the same business direction and deadlines and so on. We do deadline management so that we make sure that we, we one of the examples, for instance, in the deadline is a good example. One of the problems that companies are faced with is recalls. 
So they bring a product, a new product to the market, and they have a lot of recalls. Recalls means there are bugs in it. The bugs can be in the machine. The bugs can also be in the software, both. So the, the, the products come back, and they have to relaunch and things like that. It's a huge cost. It's a huge cost. The solution to that is this. If you engage the production, the manufacturing engineers with the product engineers and the feature engineers as, as early as possible, and they are integrated in that process partly, then you will avoid recalls. Then, the, the, then you will avoid quality problems. And the quality problems could be on in any every area. It could be in the sustainability area, in the product safety area, mostly product safety, actually. And, 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 and then you have all these recalls, but it's also bad for your reputation in the market. It's also bad for your, let's say, relationship with your retailers, for instance and you will lose shelf space in the shops, and that is killing. So the, the losing shelf space is a very important KPI. So if you lose shelf space because of the recalls, you Up lose again. That is very bad. And if you and that then, if you then trace back from where, the, where did that come from, where, where was, what was the root cause of the issue? The root cause of the issue is very often that Manufacturing was not aligned, not aligned of early in the game with the people that developed the features. And here we are back to Agile. Agile develops features. That's, that's what they do. That's what they manage, features. The system engineering, the products do that in Agile way. You forget it. It's very dangerous. That is dangerous. You can manage it, but it is very dangerous. You have strong, strong timelines and requirements are not only software, but hardware and manufacturing requirements are many. So if you, if you trace back, take the Max Boeing thing, that is a big example. Eh? The problem was the software engineering, and that was a small team, and they made a mistake. They, as designed, they programmed the wrong software, and, and, and it cost billions, huh? Boeing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, so, and reputation. Yeah. Uh, so all of it. If, yeah, if, if I allow everybody to work Agile way or whatever, or Six Sigma and so on at the deeper project management level, uh, whether they use Jira or Excel to manage it or whatever, it doesn't matter to me. We can always connect to that. Not a problem, as long as we know the progress and all that. So a CAD CAM, we are not a supplier of CAD CAM stuff. We are not a supplier of engineering workbenches. There's a specialistic group, PLM, PDM system, they, they are there. We can work with that. We need to coordinate proactively all these functions and disciplines to work together in one direction, in one schema, and not in 100 schemas. So we, that is the work at this moment that we design that system, that we design the governance for it, because it also goes with decision making. Perhaps you want to know a little bit more about that? Well, I would. And I, I'd like to hear your what, what is decision making and what, what does governance exactly mean? Yeah, governance, you would call it is, is a building, a method of accountabilities and mandates. So who, who decides, for instance, the product roadmap for a product line? You have a product line. Let me, let me, let me do it in a different way. There is, it, it, there is a hierarchy. So at the highest level, the C-level, they, they, they define for the whole business KPIs, financial KPIs, sustainability KPIs, growth KPIs, market share KPIs. Those are the targets, the goals that the company has to go after. 
That is what they promise to the shareholders. These are the KPIs. They also define at a high level the, how the resource capacity of the company should be used. That's not only engineering, yeah? the resource capacity in total. So for instance, if we have 100% capacity, how much do we put in sales? How much do we put in after sales support? How much do we put in services? And so on. So in, you end up with how much can we put in new product development? Max, let's say 50%? Max. That would be high. Yeah. That would be very high. So, so, they say, so, you, so you know, the, that is the company strategy, you, you know the capacity. And that you know that in general for three years. So those KPIs and those, Cooper calls them buckets. I, I don't like the word actually, but the, capa the capacity distribution. So those two are very important mechanisms. On top of that, the C-level guys that sit with the CEO, they have personal financial targets and they get paid to these targets. And that is published. If you are a public company, it's published. People know and they know about the bonuses and so on. And that is in a very important mechanism. So at the, if, if the C-level is not clear to the company about KPIs and about how to use the capacity, the company is in trouble. You will have a lot of discussion down there in the company where what people have to do, whether they should work on this or work on that and so on. And in the engineering world, you always have uh, experts, right? Those are, we, we call them the big boys. These, these big boys, they define their own agenda. The sales support uses them. The plant uses them. The, 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 and also new product development. And, and what they end up in, in, in work weeks of 60 hours and they, they work on the new product in the evening. Because they are, the, the, so how do you manage the big boys? If I come down, so the, if, suppose that we have a company that gives the KPIs and the resource capacity and so on. Then you go down. They, they on the basis of that, you know, resource capacity is given to departments, divisions and then departments, regions, sales yeah. guys, and so on, and to departments. And at the end, there is, there, is, there is a budget. But the budget is not, if you are the head of a department, you cannot on your own decide what to do with that, with, the, with, with, with those budgets. No. If you are on the technical side, on the engineering side, you are a supplier. You are an internal supplier to the business because the business has to sell something that you create, and if the business doesn't get it from you, they, they go and get it somewhere else. So it is not a one-stop shop anymore in the world. So if the business needs a product for its roadmap, so we come down, the CEO says, then we have the product lines and the brands. And the product lines and the brands, together with the sales, they, they have to make sure, they have to agree, let's say, the sales catalog going forward. They have to agree that. And of course, the technical people are involved in that discussion. They have to give input to that discussion because otherwise the salespeople and the, and the product management, the product line guys, brand managers, they would take perhaps non-feasible non decisions. But the decision maker in the end of the product lines are the product line owners, the people who have the target. They, and they have to be smart, of course, they shouldn't take, make, create roadmaps and sales catalogs that they, are, that they commit to without having, let's say, a kind of an agreement with the technical side of the business and with the branding side of the business. Sometimes the cost of branding is even higher as the cost of engineering. So they have to, and th th there's a mandating thing. So the CEO in general mandates the brand manager, the product line manager to take those decisions. So they decide what the roadmap is. 
And that then is the framework. That is the framework that prioritizes also where that software engineer in the agile kitchen will work on. That decides that. So the roadmap is not decided in a software room somewhere by a scrum team. The roadmap is decided by product line guys together with technology. They, they decide that and they agree that and sales. So sales, if sales says, I don't want to want that product in my market in a certain region, for instance, then forget it. They won't develop it. They, if sales says we don't sell it, it's not there. It's a no-goer. And if the technically I say, hey, we cannot make this or we don't have the resource to do it, it's still too difficult or too risky, it, will, it won't also not end up on the roadmap. So to, to, so to get on the roadmap, you need to have agreement at the level of product lines and chief engineers and sales about that roadmap. There is a process for that. There is a governance for that. So that, how that meeting is, is there. So there are rules of how that decision comes to, into place. So we have the C level, now we have that level. Once we have that roadmap, you can create, and mostly that is a CTO job in the end, you can create a development roadmap. Some people call it a project roadmap. I don't like it basically, because projects are not relevant. What is it that you want to develop? And sometimes you, to develop something, you need five projects, and sometimes you need 100 projects, doesn't matter. Projects are not relevant, so it's not a project portfolio. It is a technology portfolio, a product portfolio, and so on that you need to have. So in that product portfolio is, again, a collaborative thing. So who owns the product portfolio? The product, product management as a part of it, the business side of it, and you have technology management that has a part of it. And if we then go into technology management, hey, here we get, we get, <laughs> we get again a problem. <laughs> between the software guys and the hardware guys, because they, they are not on one page. They are almost like, by per definition, not on one page. I interviewed uh, Paul over the last years, more than 150 people in companies about this thing. And, you know, it's always the same complaints, the same complaints. The software engineers like this, the system engineers like that, the mechanical engineers like that, forget it. They, they are not on one page. And still they have to work together and deliver to deliver to the business. And if they don't deliver to the business, it's okay. So what is the next layer? We have product management as in a coordination role, but we also have the chief engineers, call it the chief engineers. These chief engineers, they have to commit. They have to commit that they will deliver the goods to the business. That is in fact to product management and to the plans. So manufacturing, and I was talking about that earlier, manufacturing, production, assembly, whatever you call it, needs to be involved as well. So if the plans, for instance, I heard it today from Merck again. So the product, if the plans don't agree upfront that they will help to launch a new product on a certain date, that is important for the company, they simply won't make, make the room in their plan to test it, to do the trials. They simply don't do it. That's why in chemical industry, so many products come too late on the market because they don't have... Sometimes they have a pilot plant, but they have to test it on the line. And to test it on the line, you have to stop the line mm -hmm. for the normal production. Hey, wait a minute. And manufacturing has also its own innovation program, right? So how do we do that? So from the top, you have to have the governance in place that manufacturing and the chief engineers commit to that roadmap. They have to commit to it. The roadmap cannot exist without those commitments. As if you work with a third party, 
So suppose you have a supplier and you buy a component from that supplier or you buy production facility of the supplier. That is a hard contract with penalties in and the whole thing. That third party has to deliver in time what it, according to the, the requirements. And if they don't do that, they will bleed for it. So that is also how the whole automotive is organized, right? Automotive is uh, third party uh, components and they have to be there just in time and they have to be quality proof and so on. But these are other companies. So Bosch, for instance, they deliver batteries, huh? a lot of batteries to the car industry. Okay, is a third party supplier. They, they make a contract. This and this and these are the batteries. We do this and this research on it and you will have it by that date in that and that plant. The same, same is true for internal people. Hey, we need to launch that thing by then. That means we, we need to have trialed it and piloted it and tested on the line by that. That means five months earlier, earlier we need to have the system in place. That means three months before we need to have the features in and so on. So, so I want to offer a system to the market that organizes that and make that transparent. Once you have the back into governance to so the chief engineers and the plant directors, they have to commit to that roadmap. If they don't commit to that roadmap and, 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 and if they don't have a financial, uh, how you say that, incentive, if it's not related to the incentives, then the company will, have, will be in difficulty. And then it comes down from then, then the rights and the mandates, they go down to things like who, who in our system, for instance, who owns that roadmap? Who can start a new product initiative? Who can start a new feature initiative? And then who is allowed to see the data, security of data? So it's a whole building of mandates and rights and access rights and so on. And that is the governance. And that governance model, lean, very direct, very open, very transparent, traceable. The decision-making is traceable. The decisions are taken in the system. So we know it and we know who has delivered whatever to, to that product, also small details very much traceable. And if, if, if that decision-making is transparent and traceable, so the, and you have a system of decision-making, decision-making doesn't cost a lot of time. You don't have, a, we call it Polish parliaments, where you have many people together shouting to each other all the time, and the result is nothing. So, so and I don't say that the computer can take decisions, but at least you have less meetings, you have less debates. And if you have the debate, it is about how to do it, not what to do. It's how to do it. What is the best way of doing it? Not what we know what we need to achieve. We know we know what well, let's talk about how to how what is the best way of doing it. And and that goes down from the let's say if the chief engineer on the software side, for instance, if the chief engineer, he knows what to do, what features to deliver, he knows that. He starts working on it, he gives it to some of his software teams, and it might be that one software team is already working agile and another one not. And they can, whether they work agile or not, they work agile, fine. But he, the instruction that the chief engineers or the engineer manager gives is clear. You have to work on this epic, this epic, or this epic, or in other words, on this requirement, this requirement, this functionality, you have to work on that. This is the time that you have for it. And this is the money that you have for it, because you have to develop to a cost. And the minimum cost of that is that. So by the way, a minimum viable product, right? This is also a concept from Agile. Yeah, very much so. That doesn't work like that. Eh? If, you have, if you have a sales catalog and it has a product in with certain features and capacities and so on, it's not, not nothing to have minimum viable product. It is defined. This is what it is. Yeah. And if you go to the shop, you don't ask for a minimum viable product. You ask for a product. 
So, and, and that product has these, these characteristics, full stop. There's nothing like minimum viable. So that minimum viable is an idea that, you know, I have a budget, I, I'm now on the shop floor, I am on the budget, and I, I go in interaction with the market, and with that budget, I do, I do a product that at least should be minimum, minimum viable. What is the idea about that? What the hell are we talking about? Would you have a minimum viable plate, a minimum viable car? Would you have a, you know what I mean? A minimum viable fridge, coffee machine? I don't think so. So I don't know what minimum viable is in that sense. So if you have a roadmap strategy, a product strategy, a sales strategy, and so on, it is damn clear what it has to be because you have to announce that to the market and to your customers. By then and then and then, you will, we will deliver you that and that and that. And these guys, they, they order that already before it is there. So what is the, what is the room for... What is the illusion that you on a shop floor can say, oh, yeah, we do it like this because this is what we could do. We, we couldn't do more, so we do this. Who comes to such a crazy idea? <laughs> it's, it's, Paul, that is impossible. Can you, am I, am I, am I stupid? And sometimes I think, what, what is this? What is this? You cannot, and then the word value that is used. Something has value, but I never know what the value is. It's never described. It's never defined. <laughs> It's never. It is open, open, vague things. And I believe that the agile philosophy, we're now back to that, is vague in a very, let's say, old-fashioned way. Just after the Second World War, right, there was not marketing and branding and things like what we have today. Everything was a shortage. There was a shortage on houses, on machines, and so on. And the engineers... They, they did a marvelous job in creating that stuff. There was a lot of, 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 of room to create whatever it was. And even if it was ugly, as long as it worked, it was great. So many companies started by then. But in the 90s and in 2010, the balance of the powers in the companies changed from engineering driven to more market pooling. It's more like, hey, not everybody is buying what I think as an engineer. We have to think about what the market wants and we have to build what the market will buy. That is a different way of thinking. That is also the powers are rebalanced in that sense in companies. What I think that what I'm afraid of is that Agile wants to go back to 50 years ago when the engineers were completely in power. That is my, my fear with it. I don't have a problem, by the way, with managing a software project with uh, stand-ups and sprints or what have you. It's fine for me. No, no problem. Huh? But I think yeah. that the philosophy, I think, is, is that, and that is the illusion. The illusion is there that engineering can decide what the market wants. That is the big illusion. Engineers are not trained to understand other people. Thanks for listening this week and join us next week for our final episode with Hoop Rutten, where we finish our long discussion by looking into the governance aspects related to combined physical and digital products, something we are calling smart products. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.